Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody Derek here for a special episode of Screen Heroes today we're going to be kind of talking about in tribute to David Bowie Um, so we're going to talk about kind of how we were interested in either his music or his uh, cinematic roles kind of what his career meant to us those types of things I've got three people with me here today of course my regular hosts Ray yep that's my name yep yep and Ryan hello and we have our first-time guest, Nicole. Hello. So um, we're just going to be talking about David Bowie. So as you probably know if you're listening to this by now, uh, a couple days ago, David Bowie died at the age of 69 from uh, cancer. Um, he had it for about 18 months, kept it pretty quiet. None of us really knew that he was particularly ill, so it caught us off guard. Um, that's probably a good place to start. How did you guys feel when you first heard the news? Um, so you woke me up and you told me and you, we often start conversations with, I've got bad news and follow it up with like, we're out of Snickers and you know, (laughs) so when you said that I was expecting you to say, oh, it snowed or um, something like that. And you say the words, David Bowie has died. And I look at you and I think, no. No, you're joking. Like that's. No. I don't joke before the sun comes up. <laughs> I, I don't like mornings. I certainly wouldn't wake you up early for no reason. So that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I can just flat out say that I wasn't awake enough to process it. It didn't hit me until later on in the day. I saw a particular um, quote. I I started listening to some of his music, and during lunch, I just started sobbing. Like I I couldn't. I didn't even know he had affected me that much, mm-hmm. but he did, and I'm getting all teary-eyed right now. It's it's losing a chunk of your life. How about you guys, Nicole, Ryan? Well, I had pretty similar experience to Ray over here. Uh, Ryan actually woke up one before I did, found out the news, took my phone, 
Got my glasses off the table, so I was blind and searched for my phone when I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Thanks. Oh, so early. And I stumble in there, still trying to find everything. And he turns around and tells me, like, when, when, after I asked, like, why do I have my phone? And he's like, he tells me that David Bowie died, and I don't want you to find out from some scummy news source or on Facebook or whatever. Or our friend yelling so, in chat. <laughs> at 1 a.m. I wasn't going to call him out, but thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. We, we cried a little bit and just kind of had a really somber morning and nothing really, like I, I deal with the grief a little weird than most people, but, um, I didn't really get upset until later, just like little small waves of grief throughout the entire day. Had some time like to myself at work and I listened to some of his music and this new album and like, it was just like hit me like, oh, we can't do any more of this and he affected me this way and that way and it was tough yeah i found out uh from a friend in a random facebook chat so again thanks for that random friend um but it was yeah it was that like i don't know why i was awake but i randomly checked my phone probably to see what time it was and i just happened to see the notification and um i it was i couldn't go back to sleep um so i was up and and I was like, I can't let Nicole find out this way. Because we, we like, previously had said, like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this when David Bowie dies. You know, and literally, like, when his album released, two days before he died, we, I think Nicole brought it up and said, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it when he's, when, he, when he's gone. So we had just, like, talked about... It was the day before, about... because they released his Lazarus yeah. video. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was, All right. now that he's died, it's really, like, kind of a tearjerker as you see him in bed and... Yeah, so I mean, I, I found out on my phone, um, found out actually in the chat from our buddy, hope you're listening, um, and yeah, I mean, it caught me off guard. I was really just kind of more confused because, A, for some reason, I just didn't think he was that old. I mean, I know it makes sense, you know, but in my mind, he just didn't seem like he was 69. I'm not sure why I had that in my head, um, and I certainly didn't know that he was sick, so it just really caught me off guard. Uh, it didn't hit me as strong emotionally though. Cause I think in the 12 month period, I already had my big emotional celebrity death and that was Leonard Nimoy, you know, yeah. um, about, you know, 11 months ago or, or whatever it was. Um, so I was just more caught off guard and confused by it. And I thought there must've been some news piece that I had missed a while back that, cause they said cancer. So I'm like, Oh, we must've already known. And I missed that, you know? So, um, it was more of just kind of confusion there, but I did find myself through the rest of the day, like just trying to listen to his stuff and I wasn't really prepared for it. Right. So I, I didn't have my iPod with me. I just had my phone and the only album of his I have on my phone is Ziggy Stardust. So I was listening to that on repeat for most of the day, trying to see if I could get a hold of Black Star because I hadn't picked that up. Um, and then it turns out that's actually free to listen to on Amazon Prime. So I was able to listen to that in the afternoon. So that was pretty cool. Um, and it's a really good album, by the way. Um, it's a little on the short side, but it's really, really good. Uh, it's the style that I look for in his music, the style that I like. You know, what, what drew me to him was really his his sci-fi slant on everything, you know, because that's me, right? So um, it's a really cool album, It's uh, but it is really telling in retrospect. I mean, if I had listened to it a week ago, it never would have occurred to me. Yeah. You know, but listening to it after the fact, it's like... It was like he was writing his own eulogy. Yeah. Well, and he Which kind of I was. Love I mean, letter to his I fans. think I read somewhere that that his producer like confirmed that he actually 
has had that recorded for a while and that it was like it, it was something that he was going to release as like a final thing and i mean nobody really thought about it when he released it because why would you but i saw a news piece i don't know how accurate this was but he was probably sick while he recorded it because somebody said that he had had multiple heart attacks while recording so since that leaked out i mean we found out seconds before dick cheney actually had heart attacks so you know that stuff leaks out fast. These people must have... He had trusted people who he knew he could confide in and keep his, himself private. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, that that's great. It's, it's a testament to those people in his life that they were able to do that. Um, but yeah, it did kind of catch catch us off guard a bit. Um, yeah. Also, keep in mind, too, like he's really like withdrawn from being public, concerts, etc. for the past 10 years, so... I think people have just kind of not forgot about him, but forgot that he's still a person living in New York City for the most part. And, you know, there, Nair was just chomping his bits to find out about David Bowie. So it's probably, probably helped. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's not like the, the uh, very flamboyant persona that he was, you know, mm-hmm. 30 years ago. So it's, you know, then it was very controversial and things like that. Um, you know, and then of course he was going to be in the news because he was so controversial, but now he's not really controversial, you know, does he still do weird, weird songs, weird videos, you know, yeah, he does some of that, but it's not like it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he, he took a big break in the 2000s. Um, I wasn't sure for, I wasn't exactly sure. So I'm looking at his discography. He took 10 years off of doing music. Um, he did have his role in the prestige during that time, but I very mean, underrated role. I can't imagine anybody else playing Nikola Tesla. And you know, the more the, the company Tesla, the cars and everything get popular, I'm sure we'll see interest in Tesla's life and we'll see sure. a biopic or something, but seriously, he was my favorite part of that movie. But other other than that one role, he didn't have an album for 10 years, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, if I'm looking at this right, that's, that's twice as long as his longest drought through the rest of his career. Um, I don't know if there was any connection to that, if he was having health issues during that time, but you know, he was pretty withdrawn for a while in the 2000s. Yeah. He, he was very happily married to Amon, like throughout their entire marriage they were always so passionate and loving and respectful of each other they always looked a hundred percent in love and i mean they were together for almost 25 years right so i'm going to assume he was just being david jones with his family and spending that quality time they they had a daughter they wanted to be with so no i think that's great that you can do it right um, he obviously was at a point in his career where he could do whatever he wanted. And so, so is Amon. I mean, she's yeah. a very successful model. It's not hard for the two of them just to look at each other one day and be like, we've got a good thing going. Let's just cut everything else out. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. I mean, from what I understand, it's the the cancer and the health issues that really only been for about 18 months. So, um, you know, it's only... A year and a half. So I, I yeah. mean, the ten years was probably you're probably right on with that. I, I'm sure that the cancer got to be important in the last, you know, two to two years, a year and a half. But before that, it was probably just wanting to spend time with his family and you know take a have a little bit of a lower key life than what he had lived the past you know forty years before that. Right. I mean, that's something good you can say about him is he lived his life. I mean, he went through a decade of 
severe drug abuse and addiction, which, you know, he was still brilliant during that time. I'm the sure thin white Duke him. period. Well, and Ziggy Stardust period. Ziggy Stardust period, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot Aladdin of Aladdin yeah, all that stuff. A lot stuff. of periods where there was lots of cocaine, various levels. But, I mean, overall, he's had a brilliant life, and he always invents himself and reinvents himself. He's changed for the times, changes mood, he gets bored, he's doing something else, and that's a good way to live your life i feel like yes i mean like not a lot of artists have done that they you know he was a musical chameleon you know every album that he put out not maybe not every album but it seemed like every album had something for for somebody on it it was you know when he was ziggy stardust it was a very specific kind of music Mm -hmm. and when he was you know doing the the thin white duke stuff he was still still david bowie and you could still tell his voice but the music had changed and you know going into the 90s uh, you know, his music was very different and he had a, like looking back at it now, he looked kind of silly, but we all looked silly in the nineties, you know, with the nineties hair and everything. Um, you know, and then going into the 2000s. Talking, my rat tail was in style. Yeah, I, I actually was. believe you had one. I would believe you had one. I did. I actually did. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Well, I still maintain that early nineties Bowie, which when I was like, you know, two years old, um, three years old how old i was is the most attractive bully conventionally he was very handsome in the 90s maybe it was the lack of cocaine i don't know but he was like i thought he looked really good in the um i'm afraid of americans video with nine inch nails i thought he looked really good (laughs) hey whatever works bowie works for for me hey hey yeah well, that's cool. So, so here's a question. It's, it's not necessarily an easy question. So, if it's not, you know, work, work with me here. But when you think of Bowie, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Whether it's music or movies, what's what's the first thing that usually pops in there? Labyrinth. Yeah, the Bowie bulge. <laughs> Wait, specifically that, or just labyrinth? Well, I mean, it, it's probably specifically that because you know it was at like a kid's eye level, you know, all the time, but. Um, I don't know. For me, it was on TV, so you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to have a very vivid imagination, so it was kind of. Are you Jennifer Connelly? No comment. You looked a lot better in Labyrinth. I just have to say. That's kind of rude. How do you maintain a healthy relationship with Paul Bettany while you're here? He's vision, you know. Just... <laughs> I definitely agree with Rachel on Labyrinth, though. I mean, that was. That, that movie was a very special and meaningful part of my childhood. Um, yes. It kind of got me into the whole puppets and like, you know, Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then on top of that, David Bowie's music. And that, I mean, there's songs from that that... One of the best soundtracks, I would say, produced in my lifetime. It's, it's definitely up there. And it was all done by him. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the dance scene, the dance magic dance scene where he's still at dancing like super sexy and there's Do a baby and goblins any, around him. Fantastic. Do you know anybody in our little age group, our social circle, who if you stare at and you say, you remind me of the babe, who can't respond. I mean, there's probably a few, but probably none that we hang out with, because I'd probably ostracize them from the group immediately. I met a few. I thought they were very human beings, so I moved on. Yeah, exactly. I have started so many just fun text conversations with that, and, you know, just lunch conversations in high school, we would say that to each other, and it was just such a passing cultural norm for me, and every person I've ever really flocked to that it's transcended friendships. Labyrinth has transcended (laughs) all the different Rachels I've been. And 
it's it stayed there. Yeah, I don't think there's a pet that I've owned that I haven't saw, sang and danced dance magic dance with <laughs> and inserted their enough. name somewhere in it. Like that's that's the kind of dog and You're animal odor. Of the the, yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. He's never done that. And they don't like it when I do the uh, dog, puppy dog tails part of the song, but you know, oh. I just kind of I kind of skip that or say it really quietly. You always say, but not really. And then you but not really. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and then I move on. But I mean, it, yeah, it, I mean that. that that's the kind of memories when I think David Bowie, you know, when his in his life. I know he's never obviously going to know that that happened, but I would think that if he did, he would love that about you, you know, doing that with your friends and, and me. You know, that his music made such an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard about him was that he was a was an amazing individual, and uh, and I'm sure that he would appreciate that his art touched a kid, touched an adult, touched whoever, you know. So oh, that deeply. movie definitely touched me. I'm sure it did. I'm gonna just flat out say it because it's my funniest story. Uh, that movie. When I saw it at like seven or eight was the first time I ever felt like sexual feelings. I was so attracted to that man and I kept staring at that bulge and I was like, I gotta find me some of that one day. And then you're like, there's a baby and there's goblins. I don't know how to feel right now. I didn't Didn't cross the streams. Goblins where? I did not cross the streams. I was just like, that guy is hot. It's true. He was hot. Well, for, for me, actually, Ziggy Stardust is what first comes to mind for me. The album or the, or the, uh, the persona? Al- the, the actual album, the, the, the album itself, the music, because I'm not a big music video guy, so I don't usually associate any particular imagery with, with music that I listen to. It's usually just the sounds and, and the lyrics. I know. I have to explain it to you. When people do music video parodies, you're like, I don't get that. Why are they doing that? Because most, and it's not <laughs> always the case, and it's probably not even the case for, for David Bowie. I, I just don't really watch them. I never find... They're never what I pictured in my head, and so by the time I get around to seeing them, they clash with what what I saw. Um, but that's that's what comes to mind is, is the Ziggy Stardust album. Um, it's probably one of the best rock and roll albums, period. Like I would put that out there with any of any album that somebody could name. Ziggy Stardust was if it's, if it's not in your list of top five albums of all time, then I don't know if we can be friends. There's some of the most, I, I mean, the, some of the soundtracks of basically our entire existence songs that have been in almost every franchise that we love um that he put out on that album specifically uh i mean it's 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 got to be up there for the cover art is some of the most famous art out there it is you can't picture which fun fact on a lot of his early albums the guy who punched him in the eye is the one that uh I love his cover art. Yeah, the guy that gave him a per- permanently dilated uh, dilated pupil. Yeah. Huh, that's fun. Fun <laughs> facts. There's so much. It was just a girl. They really didn't care. So. Cool. Stuff happens. You know, yeah. it's good. Water under the bridge. Now it's cool eyes. Everybody yeah. remembers him now. So mm-hmm. It's true. It's Interesting. Well, I guess, like, for me, like, I actually was introduced by my aunt to his music before I watched Labyrinth and, you know, things like that. And, uh, of course, she also... It was Cher, it was Fleetwood Mac, it was Elvis. She was that kind of person, and maybe who I am today. So it's great. But um, I mean, I think for me, it's like it's definitely labyrinth visually, but like also just the music. Like it just reminds me of dancing living room with my, you know, with my aunt and being this silly little kid, like when like four or five. Those early memories, I guess, and she's always been there. Yeah. Throughout, so. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. when you talk about talk about how far his music influenced things, I mean, he's been 
he was in Scrubs. I know you guys love Scrubs. His music was in Scrubs. His Multiple music has times. been in uh, The Simpsons. It was oh, in sure. Guardians of the Galaxy. One of my favorite. One of the, one of the better songs on the. Uh, it's a the Guardians of the Galaxy awesome mix is an amazing album. Yeah, it's one of the better. Moon songs Daydream. On that album. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and that was on Ziggy Stardust. I right. Mean, that exactly. Was... Yeah. There's a couple movie moments. That I remember, they're not that great of movies, but I enjoyed them more because... A Knight's Tale. Yes! I knew it! I knew when it! Golden it goes, Years! When it goes into Golden Years, I love that song, and I loved it even more after I saw that movie, because it, it was just very... Uh, it, the transition from medieval... Right, random music, yeah. I, gonna say a naughty word medieval dancing to golden years was just great and well it's one of the things that makes a knight's tale a better movie is its soundtrack kind of like guardians of the yeah. galaxy yeah if you take those those songs out of the movie the movie quality drops i agree you know and that's that's just a really good example the of soundtrack how... to a knight's tale brought a lot of fun to it the the addition of classic rock to what is a very cloying story to begin with it's not the most original story so no that's true Uh, it it had great actors in it uh ones that are still working some that have also passed um but the that scene in particular was just fantastic that dancing was it was it was 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 really good yeah i agree i knew exactly where you go my other one is shrek 2 it wasn't shrek 2 yeah Uh, i don't really remember that movie so so there's one point where shrek becomes a human and uh david bowie had his song um it was covered by a girl, I think her name's Butterfly something. I forget. It's the only thing I ever heard from her. But she covered Changes. And at first I was like, man, I really just wish this was Bowie. Right. And then Bowie comes in and he's singing it with her. And it, so it turns out to be a duet. And that just made it... It, it made it better. I totally forget what what is happening during the movie at that time right now. Because I, I don't remember it. But I remember that song. And I remember remember that that second voice added a new depth to the song it added a new meaning it's like when somebody takes a hard rock song and makes it acoustic it it takes on a new meaning well adding a second person and making something a duet gives it a new meaning and i i just thought that song elevated the quality of the film but to kind of show like the range that his music really has over the years, so we're talking about like, yeah, it was in the Knight's Tale and Guardians of the Galaxy and Shrek and these like kind of brighter films. Mm-hmm. His music was also in three episodes of American Horror Story. Right. It was an American Psycho, also <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christian Bale. An extreme part of American Horror Story. Uh, God, what was it called? Not Circus. Freak Show. Freak Show. Freak show. Sorry. Last yeah. last season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched it recently, but um, gosh, what's the actress's name? Name. I can't remember her name. The one that just left the past season. Jessica Lang. Yes. Um, oh, she left? Because she was one she's of She's coming back I mean, and She did like six. this beautiful, beautiful tribute to David Bowie. It was, it was part of the show, but if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely YouTube it. You'll, you'll regret wow. it. The Plight of the Concords also did a tribute. Oh, like mm-hmm. you could say it was a parody, but I, I saw it was more of an homage to David yeah, Bowie. I actually um, saw that because it's The Flight of the Concords. I watched the, the video version of that. And uh, they're 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 pretty good at at kind of mimicking some of that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that he's definitely a personal hero for both of, yeah. of those uh, musicians. And yeah, it was uh, it was awesome seeing uh, Brit. No, it was Jermaine dress up as uh, as <laughs> Labyrinth David Bowie, <laughs> and, like, like posing all sexy on the wall. 
<laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it's yeah. a very germane thing to do. It was, it was pretty funny. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I actually fantastic. watched it yesterday. I hadn't seen it in, in a long time, and you know, it was going around the interwebs yesterday. Obviously, so. Yeah. I, watched, I watched it again. It holds oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one thing that has parodied, not parodied, but uh, used David Bowie that I absolutely love is Venture Brothers. They made oh, him yeah. the sovereign of the Guild of Calamitous Intent. Yeah. And he, he, he never got to play himself on the show, but the impersonator did a great job, and they were huge fans. And David Bowie actually like commented on it and said that he, he thought it was great. That. David Bowie loved that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Hadfield on the space station actually did a cover of uh, um, space, space Oddity, and David Bowie loved it. Mm-hmm. And it actually there was a big controversy because it got taken down from YouTube because his agent or something wouldn't approve that they. He didn't own the rights. It didn't own the rights. So. But then David Bowie said, "No, you let him put it back up on YouTube because I love it." And, uh, I mean, talk about crazy. Uh, Seeing that song covered while a guy's, like, literally floating in a space space. station, you can see Earth. Anybody's music whose music deserves to be covered in space. Yeah. I mean, like, it's pretty fantastic. Right. You know? Um, So I actually haven't seen that video myself. Oh, really? You guys being such big space fans, I feel like you should definitely check that out. It's a a very fitting homage to David Bowie's music in general. It's just insane. We're talking about so many different things here. That he had his hand in. Yeah, and some some influence. Yeah, the influence that he had, the people that he connected with. And I... I regret so much that I didn't go to the concert in 2004. I should have. Yeah, that's one thing I regret, too, is uh, maybe not that specific concert, but not getting to see him uh, perform. That would have been a really good thing to see. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See, but yeah, it's definitely a regret I have too. But he'll live on in videos and I've probably spent as much time working the past couple of days as I have watching videos of David yeah. Bowie interviews or, or music videos. Oh, or... I know the first thing I'm going to do the next time I see my nieces, I'm going to show them Labyrinth. They're yeah. going to have a similar experience that I did. We They're... hope so. Yeah. It's, t- it's so tough nowadays because, I mean, a, a movie like that isn't what would come out in theaters nowadays. So it's tough for a kid well, to get the same experience. The, the special effects are really what I think dates it more than anything. Yeah. Because like... Just that really bad green screen. Really bad green scene. screen. Yeah. Yeah, the puppets are obviously Hoggle fantastic. is amazing, yeah. 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 So the puppetry is amazing. The music's amazing. That all holds up. But yeah, like this, the, the owl, the, the scene... Um, in, in the swamp with the the, the dancing the, ones that take off their heads yeah yeah, yeah. Fire gang. The, the, the green yeah the fire gang yeah the green screen is just so poor on that that i think any kid over the age of like three is gonna be like why does it look funny you know but, well you hope that they can uh, be horrified by the fire gang just like everybody else was when they watched that yeah watching them pull off am i the yeah, only I mean, kid that wasn't horrified oh my gosh that never bothered me I, I saw dark crystal first and i don't, I don't think dark crystal really yeah, it was a little scarier than yeah. dark crystal so that scared me when i was a kid 
kid. That's that movie scared nice. everybody. Oh, no. See, I, I, I hate the weirdest films that I was scared of then. Never mind. No, I, I, by the age of three, I, I was watching Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and like Terminator 2. So, you know, those type movies didn't really bother me much. You know, when, when Muppets take their heads off, it just, you know. Well, as somebody that that was what I grew up with, you know, I was born a little bit before you were. And so that was stuff that I saw probably a little bit. Uh, closer to when it actually came out, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I mean, Labyrinth actually came out the year before I was born. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And well, Dark Crystal came out a couple years before I was born, but it was still something I saw early on because my dad. I, I, I'm guessing it was because my dad was such a big Jim Henson fan; he would show that stuff to me. But yeah, Labyrinth was less scary than Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. but uh, hands down. <laughs> but the Fire Game was still kind of frightening. I mean, it's kind of when you think about it, it's a very dark like thing yeah. that's happening. Going back as an adult. But I still think it was beautifully done, and I think that David Bowie was, was you know, Jennifer Connelly was in it. It's whatever for me. David Bowie was obviously the yeah. star of the show in that, in that movie. Well, so. we watched it last night, and five minutes in, I'm like, man, Jennifer Connelly is insufferable. Like, right? She, oh, my she gosh. She should be so grounded. <laughs> yeah. She was a horrible kid. Yeah. Just an absolutely <laughs> horrible kid. I never get to do anything. Oh, yeah. my god. Stop whining. That's, that's how they wrote the character, though. That's I mean, how they based Anakin from the prequel <laughs> off of, off they of like, her. No, they might have. You just want to, to emulate Jennifer Connelly. Right, exactly. Right. Just watch this movie over and over I mean, again. It was just so early on in her career. I mean, you have to keep in mind that that is a solid four year, five years before Rocketeer. Yeah. And she was probably told to overact it a bit. Absolutely. I guarantee She's only she 16 was. when the movie actually came out, so she was 15 during filming. You know, and she didn't have, I'm looking at her IMDb page, she didn't have a ton of stuff under her belt at that point. She had uh, four other credits, one of which was a um, a one episode on a TV show. I right? bet you she had commercials too. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, she might have, I, I don't know, but either way, I'm saying she she was young, that's how the character was written. I don't think she anybody else would have done any anything amazing in that role that she wasn't able to do. I agree. On the note of commercials, some more David Bowie random fun facts. Um, right before he released Space Oddity, he was in an ice cream commercial. Nice. And then he was really feeling the ice cream commercial, and then he went for Kit Kat, and they turned him down. Oh, Thanks, Kit Kat. You're the That's worst, so Kit Kat. Yeah, you are not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> I've read that myself. I'm apparently a David Bowie fangirl, so. No, it's good. Nothing wrong with that. So talking about his other roles besides Labyrinth, um, I actually kind of ashamed to admit that I never saw The Prestige, but he was also a voice in SpongeBob SquarePants one episode. Yeah, he, he uh, sang an entire song. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he he. It didn't really sound like I was actually surprised. I watched the clip of that episode, and I don't know that I would have picked it out until he's until the song. I mean, it, it was kind of obvious when the song happened. But come on, he was in Zoolander. Yeah, I was gonna say you he guys should Zoolander. talk about Zoolander. He was actually in the Last Temptation of Christ, also playing Pontius Pilate. So I mean, yeah, he did ser- pretty that, serious roles. Yeah. I hadn't I haven't seen that since I was a kid, so I really don't remember that one. But I mean, I can't imagine us watching it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoolander is definitely like if you talk to a millennial, that's yeah. that's the only well, thing they funny. know him he's from. He's playing yeah. himself, you know, which, which is I always enjoy when a major star plays themselves in kind of a comedic way on something. I always really enjoy that. So I thought that was just a really fun moment in in a completely ridiculous movie. Tom Hanks in the Simpsons movie, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and speaking fun. of the Simpsons, I mean, he's been in multiple episodes of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, and his music has also been featured in the Simpsons. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. 
He also did a video game called Omicron. Oh, I forgot about in that. In 99-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, did, he has two characters and did the full soundtrack for the, the video game. The music's really cool awesome. in that, by yeah. the way. Huh? The music's really cool. The music is really cool, yeah, and it was definitely... Never I never played, played it, it. but yeah. the mu- I've listened to some of the music. And I watched really a video about the game, and it, and it is very the story is very David Bowie esque. I want to play so. it. I didn't learn about it until much later. Yeah, because um, when it came out, you know, I was I was it was pre high school for me. So really, the only games I played were like either console or they were Star Trek games. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Right. So I, I'd like to find a copy of it somewhere, but. I think it was for Genesis, so I'm sure you can um, legally find an emulator and legally buy a game for that emulator because that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I'll just go buy a Sega Genesis, you know? There you go. What year is it? <laughs> yeah. I guess if it was 99. Yeah, all right. Anyway, it would have been a Sega something. I don't so know a Sega something. Oh, so... My favorite so console. A lesser known one that's I think actually maybe still on Netflix um, called The Hunger. It's a vampire movie. David Bowie starred in, co-starred in. Was he a vampire in it? He was. That's kind of cool. It took me three attempts to watch this movie. First attempt, I get about thirty minutes in. I'm like, I'm not enough enough drugs. I'm not on any drugs <laughs> to get through this movie. And I'm like, okay. Don't do drugs, kids. A little bit later, fast forward, maybe a couple months. I'm like, I'm drunk. I'm going to watch this movie drunk. I get probably three-fourths of the way through it. I have to stop. I'm like, I'm going to try this completely sober and a better state of mind. And I finally get through it like a year later. So it wasn't good. That's your review. Um, it was really artsy and really made me feel like how maybe David Bowie felt when he was on a lot of cocaine. I don't know what cocaine feels like, so I just try to imagine these things sometimes. That's kind of how I felt after I watched the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour. Um, that movie makes no sense. At all. It is the most confusing movie That's I've ever watched. That's how I watched. felt after watching The Wall. Like, I, I don't understand this. Uh, I'm so not... For some reason, I get Pink Floyd. I don't know. I like Pink Floyd. I like The Beatles. Have you seen Magical Mystery Tour? No, I haven't seen it. It's like 43 minutes of just confusion. There's literally like a, a, a dude is yelling at Ringo and you can't understand a word the guy says the entire time. And it goes on for like three minutes. Maybe it's a parody of... Cockney accent. It probably is. So I need to be high and British to understand what's going on in that particular movie. I was neither. What so the subtitles? Are there subtitles for this? It was a VHS. So uh, maybe now. <laughs> we gotta find a DVD. Sure, it is the future. <laughs> and he was he was also in what well, was it called? The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, uh, seventies first, first full frontal too. Yeah. I think in that movie. So any ladies that like the labyrinth, you should definitely go watch that. We know he actually he got a Saturn Award for that. Did. He was he was an actor. I mean, he was he was not a not a joke. He wasn't a you know flash in the bucket. He he could act. Yeah, he wasn't Bieber showing up in like an episode of CSI or in Zoolander too. Well, at least he gets shot in both of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, look at that. You could go see Justin Bieber's character die in Zoolander too. So that's we are nice. not being paid to promote Zoolander too. Let's not. Yeah, Let's, he's Zoolander. not Zoolander. Zoolander. Let's done. We're done. But yeah, like David Bowie's like always been a very talented person. I was remembering like this bits and pieces of a quote that I uh, just had thought about. So I went on Wikipedia and I kind of skimmed through Wikipedia to kind of refresh myself before the podcast. But uh, when he was in grade school, his school called his voice adequate, his recorder skills above average. And then a few years later, he starts getting interested in dance and they say that he's mesmerizing and an amazing dancer. So that's David Bowie in school when he was a child. Adequate and mesmerizing. 
Well, his dance in the labyrinth was his dance is a dance magic dance scene in the labyrinth was definitely mesmerizing. I'm wondering if he's mesmerizing because of the pants that he wears when he's dancing. Well, this is when he was. Well, that makes every dance a sexy dance. So (laughs) (laughs) anything you do in those whatever those kind of pants is going to be sexy, even in a children's movie. Yeah. I mean, that might not be the intended thing, but it just turns out that way. Well, let's just get real. There's a lot of media made in the 80s and 90s that was for kids, but had a lot of bad stuff in it. Well, a lot of the Jim Henson stuff was for kids, but had a lot of more adult intentions. The 80s movies were a very different era, Mm -hmm. right? We talked about this when we talked about Ghostbusters and things like that. Mm -hmm. That can never be in a PG movie today. Movies were just very different in the 80s. You can never remake Never Ending Story and have it uh, be the same. The the terrible, like, wolves, very frightening. The Swamp of Sadness still makes me uh, ball. Betray yeah. you! No, Betray yeah, you the kid. It. Oh, that's the second one. What? Wait, no, that's when oh, he's... Betray is the one that's screaming for the horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen those movies. Uh that whole movie is like it's a, a dark emotional yeah, movie it's one of my favorites ever but giant metaphor for depression <laughs> it's intense it is an yeah. intense movie so labyrinth could not get made today and it still be the exact same no no of course and they wouldn't i mean these days they don't they don't tend to use those types of puppetry stuff anyway so you'd have to have you know connelly and and uh, bowie dancing around a bunch of cgi stuff that isn't there or, you know, a bunch of people in little green suits. One of the best parts of The Labyrinth is uh, the gravity juggling scene. And yeah, if you watch cool. behind the scenes with that with David Bowie and Michael Motion, Michael Motion's the, actually the gravity the, juggler that yeah. was behind him and had his arms through um, through underneath David Bowie's armpits to do the juggling. <laughs> so he was doing all that, not being able to see what he was doing. So cool. And so it took so many hours, and David Bowie was standing there just like <laughs> acting <laughs> every time. But there's there's a behind the scenes uh, a video of that happening with like some interviews I'd with like David Bowie. So they is, do that good. now. They'd film a person doing it separately and composite it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, he really captured a magic watching mm-hmm. that scene, and uh, and David Bowie was so nice about the whole thing. I mean, he had to stand there and do the same scene so many times, but he was super cordial about it, and, and you can definitely get that, a sense of his personality. the thing that I imagine most when I think of Labyrinth. I picture Jareth the Goblin King holding the, the crystal, crystal ball. Yeah, nothing more. Yeah, mm, that's it. That's... No, but it, it is nice when an artist like that can appreciate another artist. I mean, the juggling is a very different type of art, but that takes a level of talent that Bowie he didn't know how to do. Right. You know, he respected that. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's one of the best scenes in the movie. So it yeah. is. But yeah, definitely check that behind the scenes out if you're. It's on YouTube. It's. Uh, I wonder if it's, it's on the DVD. Watch. Maybe it might be. I'm, I'm not sure where it actually features. came from, but yeah, oh, okay. it's definitely, yeah, definitely up there. Check. Yeah. somber yeah it's it's bringing back all the feels there was one tweet that i saw the day it happened i thought was really interesting somebody i followed tweeted uh, as something he had heard from someone like a friend of mine said that you know fifty four thousand other people died today so up in heaven there's fifty four thousand people looking around going hey look i think that's david bowie up in heaven (laughs) i think it was a simon Pegg that tweeted that the universe is how many billion years old and we we happen to live in the 16 69 years that david bowie did right yeah that was another good one yeah Yeah. i thought that was a pretty cool one too that's probably probably my favorite one of course i've read like a lot of like really nice stories that people have shared like like, firsthand stories Mm -hmm. Mm. there's one on reddit that like like on like i was reading like that morning that he passed and I found out about it. Um, that uh, 
kid, like this kid had a friend who was a big David Bowie fan. She had cancer, couldn't walk anymore. She was in the hospital all the time. She was able to go to his concert uh, when he was in their city. And uh, anyway, he's only, only her was allowed backstage with him. And uh, then she went home, went, went back to the hospital rather. And then he came in the next day visitor in the hospital and i'm like geez that's that's pretty cool that's amazing yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty fantastic. not a lot of artists would do that no no right. definitely not and like fully unprovoked he wasn't asked to do any of this he just he just yeah. did it well he was he was a he was a you know classy guy and i know some of the things he did maybe in the past the drugs and things like that weren't super classy but i think as he grew up into a into so you know somebody that was probably a little more respectable in the class department he definitely showed who he really was and, and well, you to, know. to change from the down that he had where he did have the drug problems and to get where he ended up right. it's a pretty major accomplishment yeah um, not too many people are able to go from that level of, of low drug abuse to where he ended up being it's, it's also never fair to judge a person based on one phase in their life i've had not. some bad phases i've done I've made mistakes and I really hope that when I pass, that's not what people immediately focus on because I like to think I've, I've done my best to be kind and yeah. well, look at all the, I mean, when, since David Bowie's passed, there hasn't, I've seen one, maybe one negative article and that was stupid, but I mean, everything has been positive and, you know, people recounting beautiful experiences. Conan O'Brien posted a thing with uh, some of his of interviews that he that he has done with them, and you could tell that he was genuinely sad, and it wasn't an act for the camera about yeah. about uh, David Bowie not being with us anymore. And and that I mean, kind of goes back moving. to what we're talking about: how he his range in his career, whether it's music, you know, or the movies, or both, is so wide that pretty much everybody has something from his career that they like that they've heard in something that they've enjoyed. You know, for me, it was the kind of more on the heavy sci-fi end of things, but there's kind of something for everybody. Really liked his industrial stuff in the 90s. That yeah. was fun. I liked when he hooked up with Trent Reznor and they they made some music together. It was cool. Yeah, it's an interesting combination of people. <laughs> if you guys had to pick a favorite David Bowie song, what would it be? Oh my God. I'm not very good with track titles, so I'm not going to be able to give you a good answer on that. I'm going to go... Would you say the one from Guardians of the Galaxy? It would be up there for sure. That's a really, really good one. It is a really good one. Um, Mine is definitely Life on Mars. It's kind of like an anthem almost. Not really an anthem. I guess like in my head it's an anthem. It's my head, so it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice. I'd actually say one of the tracks from the new album, and because I've only been listening to it for a day, I can't even tell you. It's probably the Black Star track. It's long. It's almost 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um... And it has some of the coolest stuff I've ever heard from him, and I really love that track. Um, so that would even be high up on the list. But I tend to just throw on a, a CD, or, or back when I listened to him more was cassettes, and I don't pay attention to what the track is. I just listen, you know, because a lot of his stuff, especially like in Ziggy Stardust, similar to like Pink Floyd, things just kind of flow. Yeah, and it's not necessarily clear where a track begins and ends. So, <laughs> what about you, Rachel? It's really difficult to say. Um, one of my favorite songs is Just Dance. I love actually dancing to it. But when I was 17, I, I used to make CDs that had songs on it that I thought told that year for me. So once I got out of high school, I'd still have some sort of yearbook. And 
I, when I was 17, a lot of crazy stuff was happening that I'd rather not go into, but I put changes on there and every time I heard it, I, I would just cry. Yeah, like good cry, like overwhelming things are supposed to change kind of feeling. And so I, I still get that. I can think of maybe like 10 or 15 really good memories I have and that song was playing. So, and you've had changes in your life and they've been positive, mm -hmm. right? So he didn't lie to you in that song. No. My personal favorite is probably Heroes. Um, uh, the sad thing about it is I actually heard the cover first by Foo Fighters. <sighs> yeah. And it's a good cover. It is a good cover. It's, it's a good, I like the Foo Fighters. It's a good cover. It's a good cover. But Dance Magic Dance is right up there. But yeah. I mean, Heroes, I mean, yeah. really, we can all be heroes, you know, and, and that song was always a reminder for me. And even like yesterday watching the video or, oh. or any of his live performances of that song specifically, like, I don't know what it is, but man. I, I would lose it, and uh, it's just a beautiful song. So, but he has so much good music to pick yes. a favorite. It's like you could probably ask me next week, and I'd probably say a different song because you know, depending on what is going going through in my life, whatever's happening, it it might change. You know, completely agree. Well, he's had he's had so many albums and so many tracks. I think it would be difficult for the average person to even remember them all at the same time yeah you know to be able to definitively yeah. say here's my top three my top five without being like oh yeah i forgot about you know whatever so and the, the cool thing about david bowie is like a lot of people including you earlier said that he reinvents himself and i think about you know i i reflect on myself i've gone through a ton of different phases and i never thought that i was reinventing but i just wanted to try new things because i had new interests and a lot of that in the celebrity world gets shunned. You're not allowed to cross over and do more than one thing. You must always fit this box. And, yeah. you know, I remember a lot of my friends not liking a certain Incubus album because it didn't sound like the one before. And, you know, a lot of artists never get to grow and change because they're put in that box. And that never happened to him. And if it did, he punched his way right out of it and proved that he could. So... He's probably just one of the only artists out there that got to be themselves 100% of the time, got to change with his age. And I I always admired that. I always thought that was cool that he got to be himself always at any point in the time. And he never had to fake a persona just to sell albums. And he's been good. doing that since he was a teenager. He formed his first band and... He was 15, mm -hmm. and then by the time he was 20, he'd already been through like five bands because they just weren't doing it for him. So he just kept moving on, recreating, rejoining another one. And then, like, he got frustrated in his early 20s um, and said he was going to go to miming school. <laughs> Screw music and go to miming school. And then, ironically, <laughs> years later, he does some, um, some kind of mime performance for like a music duo called the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, you know. And I mean, they put out some great stuff. I, I have all their albums, so yeah. You're, all more, the, you're a more hardcore fan than I All have. the Tyrannosaurus Rex albums. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, she's is, being sarcastic. Okay, so just, just, <laughs> just to clear this up. No, I, I meant that, like, he, it, it was more sarcastic saying that he was an opening act for this yeah, band yeah. as a mime, and he goes. Oh, he's performing with them. Oh, that's the even cooler. This is the 70s, guy. That's even cooler. He's miming with Yeah, who doesn't want to be a, have a mime at their performance? I mean, really. 
Oh, oh, and also he was... We have a live on every podcast. Yeah, so. you guys just... Yeah. <laughs> he was on Soul Train, and he mimed um, Fame and Golden Years. Yes. On Soul Train. Oh, damn it, I'm sure some people have seen it. I watched the video today, and I was giggling. That's hilarious. So, That's good stuff. It was amazing. We should link all these videos we've talked about. <laughs> Probably should. Probably should. Yeah, we, we might link something in, in the show notes, uh, where because of the... The way the news kind of happened, we're recording this the night before it goes out, so we don't have a ton of editing time, but we'll see what we can get in there. That's so, what she said. And with that, it's probably a good time to close up. So do we have any final thoughts, any parting things that you'd like to say before we, uh, we end for the day, uh, the evening? I don't believe in an afterlife for me. I'm very heavily atheist. But people like David Bowie make me want to believe in it. I don't want to think that they're just stuck in the ground decomposing. I'd like to think that they're better off. So I I wish afterlife on the people I love, not on myself. All right. Nicole? Well, I'm kind of like Rachel. I'm a pretty soft atheist, no afterlife. I don't really feel the same way. No one needs afterlife. It's is crap. But you know what? David Bowie didn't need it either because he's an amazing person. He lived his life. So he, he might regret a few things, but I mean, I think overall he didn't die with a lot of regrets because he he did what we all, should all do is just live life and not really care what everyone thinks. Wear dresses. Wear some makeup. Wear some lipstick. Just, just do it. Have weird rumors about Mick Jagger and you. Well, it should mean it's flattering, so it's right. okay. Right. We can we just watch that one music video that they made together and Which created the weird rumors. That's true. I don't think those were rumors, I think those were confirmed. <laughs> Ryan, what about you, Annie? Um, Parting thoughts. Thank you, David Bowie. I know you can't hear me, but it makes me feel better to say it. Thank you for uh for inspiring a generation or multiple generations. Yeah. Every um, generation. Thank you for inspiring my childhood. Uh and uh the stars look very different today. Nicely said. So that's going to be it for us today. Uh, we will be back next week. Next week we'll actually be talking about the CW Supergirl. And uh, so we'll be uh, all up to date with episode 10 that airs uh, Monday. So stay tuned for that. As always, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter at GridTalkTweets or you can go to our website at GridTalk.com. And Screen Heroes is on iTunes, so please search for us. We have the link to iTunes in the show notes. And uh, drop us a review, a rating. It, it helps people find us in the iTunes store, and then more people can listen in. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm just going to leave things with um, my favorite David Bowie quote because it just it's perfect for this. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring.